Hello, welcome to Silly Point, your Aaron Finch equivalent of podcasts. I'm uh, Brendan Cummins, and I'm joined once again by Michael Bate. Michael Bate, how are you going? I'm good, thanks, Brendo. How are you? I'm well. And Reese Meekins, how are you going, Reese? Um, Brendan's soft call is I'm going well, but I'd like to send it upstairs. So, you look, you look well. So I'm I want to see the replays, though. Yeah. I think I'm well. I think I feel well. Um, Mike seems to think that I feel well. But I'd like a second opinion from the video umpire, please. For the for the second week in a row, even though we're in the coldest room in West Perth, <laughs> Reese has decided to get his pins out and wear shorts, which I think isn't going to help given his track record of having to duck off to the bathroom <laughs> at some point during the podcast. No, definitely not. Uh, You're definitely I'll- not learning from history and... That also goes for the bloody Aussie boys, eh? <laughs> oh. What's going on? They just can't get it done. So I, I think we had, we... had we spoken about the second ODI at the time of the last podcast? No, just the, just the first one. So we've, we've, we've lost so a series. We've lost, we've lost, between between so in, yeah, in between <laughs> the last podcast and now we've, we've, effect, we've yeah, given, given up all hope. A week's a long time. time yeah. <laughs> oh um, and I can't even really remember what happened in the, in the second game, but we've... We've lost two. It, it was exactly the same <laughs> as the first. It, it was, yeah, basically the same as the first, but I think about 30 fewer runs from Australia and England did it in about five fewer overs. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> it was even more comprehensive than the first game. And then they tried to change the formula by, send, uh, by sending England in first to see mm. if that would mess with their... We love to chase formula, but mm. no, it didn't do anything. Any <laughs> help out at all? They've taken the old uh, the old Ross line anytime, anywhere. We'll bat first. Don't worry about it. We'll set three hundred and three. <laughs> which, who knows? In this crazy modern world of T Twenty influenced ODIs, maybe that's not going to be enough. Well, actually, it's going to be more than enough. <laughs> Way more than enough. So we've had Aaron Finch uh, 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 and I uh, make that uh, that call in uh, response to him banging a bunch of runs, but yeah. in a team that's not getting the job done. Can we just dwell on that for a moment? That I recall from the last time we spoke that someone on this podcast had huge <laughs> raps on Finchie getting that ton, and there was like, oh, yeah, but he's the kind of guy that's just going to make nothing for the rest of the series. <laughs> But arguably, hey, look, arguably, I believe it was more like, yeah, good on him. He's banged a ton, but it was in a side that had lost and he's done it once again. So he backed it up with another ton, lost the game and then backed it up with a, a 60, a handy 62 and they lost that game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, and I think that was actually the way. <laughs> I, I think that was, it was like, yeah, he does good, but does it actually benefit the side? And, yeah. and, and I think it sort of, he's our leading run scorer in the series but we're we're zero and three, mate, and and symptomatic of how the team's been going. So you can't. It's hard to knock a guy that's scoring tons in ODI cricket, but he's scored two tons at less than a run a ball. Got out at crucial moments where he really needed to just put the foot down. And the same thing with the half century was yeah, providing that kind of bedrock for the innings, but also right when we needed to get on with it, found himself in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's when he's getting out. That's yeah. the problem. And look, it is it is definitely unfair to to put any blame on him, but there is... <laughs> there, st- this is where statistics are a bit, a bit <laughs> nonsense. When Aaron Finch is the Australia's leading run scorer... We lose all the games, and and you can go to get any of your any of your fancy statisticians and and, and see if that comes out true. I'm pretty the, sure the of all on. the series that Aaron Finch has played in, we've probably lost more than he's been the top scorer. He's in. scored, I think, ten one day international hundreds now. How many of those games have we won? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right, we're tweeting at our boy Rick. I think we're a, bit, a little bit tongue-in-cheek about it, but there are certainly some issues there, and they probably aren't exactly with Aaron Finch. And I think we discussed it earlier and suggested that... I think at the time of the last podcast suggested that there was maybe some desire issues amongst 
some of the test playing players and whether it's desire or fatigue mm. that 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 might be an issue for the poor form um certainly david warner hasn't done anything to deserve to continue to play in the side in a side that's losing and and him losing his probably why aaron finch is going at less than a runner ball if mm. warner's there till 40 or 50 takes a bit of pressure off Finch. So there are certainly some um, weak points in that Australian side. I don't know whether you think that Warner... That there's got to be a point that Warner needs to either be dropped. And, and you probably don't drop him because he's an experienced campaigner, but he, he probably needs a rest. What you- yeah, but he's not going to get one anytime soon, is he? Because he's the, the 2020 captain, so he's probably... Unless he doesn't play the next two ODIs, which is a possibility, you could get someone else in there. Maybe Travis Head opening the batting or something, and give Davey a, a week off. You probably. Do you want to? What would seem if he doesn't play the next two ODIs, it would seem like it's a dropping situation given his lean run of runs. Mm, I, I think. I agree, but I think you could also, and you being Cricket Australia, because I know that you're listening to this, uh, Michael Kasprovich, hats off. Uh, I know that I think you could quite easily spin that and say he's played five test matches, three ODIs. He's about to captain the T20 squad. The series is done and dusted. So let's just give the guy a rest. He can sit back in New South Wales and watch some cartoons for a couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So that that is... I mean, I had speculated earlier about him being the captain of the T20s. That that is that is what's going to happen with Steve Smith not being. Yeah, Smith yep. is is being rested, so Warner's the captain and Finch is the vice captain. Okay, okay. Mm. so we're going to have this. Will be, we'll definitely have Finch getting out first ball at some stage yeah. over the summer. Right? Your prediction will come true <laughs> yeah. at some point. Yeah, just give it a couple of weeks. It's going to happen. <laughs> so there's a little bit of of that. That sort of fatigue. Mitchell Stark hasn't necessarily bowled poorly in the ODIs, but certainly doesn't have any bites, and that's and he hasn't. You would expect him to be better. He's rate. He was rated as the, the the number one ODI bowler in the world at the time of the last Cricket World Cup, and he's certainly not bowling like that. And no, you consider that damage that he did to New Zealand a couple of years ago at the World Cup, and. Yes, he has bowled some very good overs, particularly late in the piece, but not not well. He's just a victim of his own reputation. It's just not what we would expect. And he's he, even he's sort of had this reputation as a new ball bowler in one day cricket, and the Australian squad is sort of with Ty and Richardson and these other guys who are have got a reputation as being very tight in the the latter overs in 2020 whether there's place for all three of them mm. and I don't think that the Thai Bridges, I don't know what the side is coming up to the fourth ODI, whether that's the balance but there's certainly some issues there but still scoring 300 plus in games that probably don't mean anything mm. and just not bowling quite so well so good on you England, good job <laughs> yeah. well done and there was actually Root hadn't been dismissed up until the third ODI. Yeah, yeah. He hadn't had to do a lot of work, mm. but what would that mean? He's averaging eighty odd in the. Yeah, I don't, would know. Be. I don't know what he scored. It would be pretty high. Yeah, he, he did forty score quite a lot of runs. Yeah, yeah, forty or fifty and a seventy maybe. Yeah. So yeah, be about right. And then he got out for twenty. Yeah. So the ODI series is done. We can stop caring about it even less now. Oh, no, we can't. I've got a, I got an axe to grind. <laughs> What's your oh, axe to grind? This gosh darn soft dismissal thing. Mm. The, I don't know, I assume everyone's seen it. If you haven't, um, Steve Smith edges one through to the keeper, Joss Butler, the two T's, and he's, um, he's claimed the catch going forward and has... 
it's hard to tell, and particularly for the wicket. No, it seems very easy to tell. He, yeah, I'm trying not to get for the, him. Yeah, not for him. He's he's sort of claiming a catch that could have been a half volley, maybe not. The umpires have given the soft call, quote unquote, that Steve Smith is out. Referred it upstairs. The onus of proof is now on the third umpire to demonstrate there is sufficient evidence to overturn the soft call. The video, for a lot of people, would appear to indicate that Butler has kind of got it just on the bounce, maybe has a little bit of the webbing on the side of the ball, but not quite underneath it. And therefore, well, for me, the vision was conclusive. I think the Channel 9 commentators said it was conclusive. Some of the guys on the ABC were a bit 50-50 on it. Even KP said it was conclusively (laughs) not There you go. If KP (laughs) says it's conclusive. So it was a pretty contentious one, but I think the one that it comes back to is not so much around the vision, which was definitely problematic, but I have a real issue with this notion of the soft call. You compare... A, an outfield catch or a caught behind with a run out, there is no soft call in the run out. The batsman has either usually has run past the wicketkeeper and is kind of down on the boundary signing autographs <laughs> at the time the bails come off and it gets referred upstairs. There's no issue around a soft call. It's just, is it out or is it not? We saw one in the uh, Perth Scorchers uh, match on Saturday at the Wacker. Adam Voges had a beautiful direct hit and the batsman was actually kind of caught between frames. And there's no need to adjudicate. It's just, it's either out or not out based on the video evidence. Yeah, and they seem to have this attitude for runouts now that they could be in by two metres and they still send it upstairs, which is is weird. There's this reluctance to make a call with runouts, but now this reliance on having to... Um, make a call on catches, which yeah. goes back from sort of five or six years ago when you had captains going like, "We're going to trust the like if if mm. players claim the catch, then we're going to will." And that that's the problem is that the soft out decision is given based on the fielder saying, "Yep, yeah, I caught that." Yeah. Whereas you're referring it because there's you some don't believe doubt. you don't yeah, believe exactly yeah. you so, either accept the fielder's uh, claim that they caught it. Mm. And just say, yep. And okay. with the soft call, you're going gonna to make players go like, yeah, well, if you're going to make me go yes or no, then I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Because I feel like I have. Yeah. But, so, yeah. So, if there's a, so, this, so, yeah, either you accept the, the fieldsman's decision or you go, yeah, I'm not sure about that, Joss. Because uh, it still doesn't protect the player from seeming like a dickhead. Cause no. And, and the, the thing that, that I think as well is um, the benefit of the doubt in that situation is not going to the umpire which it does with drs yep the benefit of the doubt is going to, to the, the fieldsman yeah. yep. that has claimed the catch and, and that's in, not right and indeed not not only that but the benefit of the doubt is taken away from the batsman mm. uh, and that's probably troubling in that sense that and look maybe that's an old-fashioned notion of cricket particularly in in the days of DRS, that maybe that whole benefit of the doubt concept needs to be reviewed. But at this stage, that's still the prevailing concept. Yeah. The benefit of the doubt says that the batsman. There, was, there wasn't was one maybe in game two, I think, that Joe Root caught, and he clearly caught it, but there was some sort of. The batsman stood there. I can't remember who it was, but he caught it. was diving forward and he got his hands clearly under the ball. There was, mm. a, there was daylight between his hands and the grass. Um, but he gets up and he single. He, the, the umpire goes like, "Have you caught it?" And he just goes, "Yeah." And then the batsman just walks off. Mm, yeah. So, there the clearly is some respect there. And mm. I guess if you if you're not going to push the envelope, the, it should be on the the fielder to go. I don't know. Mm. And that's when you review yeah. and you yeah. don't make a soft decision. Decision, yeah. yeah. And then you actually just review it on its merit. Because you know, like. I mean, none of us have played cricket at, a, at the highest level. None of us have played cricket at a particularly <laughs> high level at all. Um, but you know when you've caught something, when you haven't, just from the feel of it, you know yeah. that you've got your fingers underneath it or it's just bounced yeah. before you or you've... It's like I don't need Hawkeye when I bowl it. I'm steamrolling in with a tennis ball and I get someone plumb LB. I don't well, need to go upstairs. Have, there is no LBW in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it seems like it, it's an interesting... 
change and it doesn't seem to have created any more clarity. Yeah, I think that. it just creates more more ambiguity in yeah. that situation. Mm. If they'd just gone with Butler and he'd said, yep, I think I've caught it, I guess then you've got the replay after that that shows there might have been some doubt, but... But the situation's still the same. So, mm. it's then you're saying... And Joss Butler's interviewed after the match and says, yeah, I thought I caught it. Mm. So, you, you know, you've got the villain is Joss Butler, whether the umpire makes a soft decision or not. And now the villain is both, well, Joss Butler, the on-field umpire, and now the entire system. So, it's, it's pretty troubling. And, and it's not one of those ones that it's clearly a bump ball and you could feel change of direction and whatever. There is just... There is a... A frame that sort of seems that it's hit the ground at the same, almost exactly the same time as it's landed on the webbing of the glove. Mm. Yep. So you'll never get camera. You'll never get camera evidence of that, and it's probably not going to happen that often. Yeah. That it'll be that inconclusive. But you feel that if it's inconclusive and the game is in the balance and the series is up on the line, you don't want it to come down to a bad decision. Not a bad decision. And well, you don't want it to come down to a fieldsman's word, well, yeah. fielder's word. That's because yeah. that that is that is effect that that game was very close. Australia lost by what fifteen runs or yep something. And it, not necessarily that Australia would have won, but. Having Steve Smith still in, yeah, he's, he's Australia's best batsman. It would have made a difference. So, the, 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 you just don't want to feel that the because nobody wants to watch it two dead rubbers. Now, it would have. It's better for the series for it to go, and it just is sort of tainted it a little bit. It seems to happen all the time in in cricket, but with Test cricket, you get this opportunity to play over five days, and they. Mm. They tend to even themselves out over a whole series and over five days. You might there might be a slight balance in one way, but it tends to be on the side that's on top, which is kind of what's happened here. But you have less time to make up for it, mm. I guess, and there's less time for bad decisions to go the other way. Mm. Mm. Um, and you don't have to use a review for it. It seems like we've got the DRS umpires call bit right but we've introduced this other bit of gray area that seems to and it, it did i feel like it did happen during the test series as well where there were a couple of soft calls oh there was but that, that, i don't think they were there was a usman khawaja yeah. catch that he yeah. juggled all over the place yeah. and there yeah. was no way you could, could see tell, whether yeah. he caught it or not but yeah. he said that he caught it yeah so so, yeah. so it does sort of <laughs> it does happen it yeah. happens both ways it's important to remember that but it's not like England were going to win the test matches and it probably wasn't likely that Australia were going to win the one day series <laughs> way it's going either but it would have been nice to go to a game in where are we going next Adelaide Adelaide yeah Adelaide and that, 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 that might have Friday. that might have meant something and yeah. is probably really what Brendan's saying is he wants to get his money's worth at the <laughs> stadium yeah. <laughs> yeah so so we've got 60,000 punters going to the opening of the Perth State well the opening public cricket match yep. at Perth Stadium. There's been a warm-up match between Perth Scorchers and England, England, England Lions, Lions yeah. which I don't even know how it went. I think the Scorchers won. Mm. The Scorchers win. <laughs> on, a, yeah. on a dubious, yeah, dubious <laughs> drop-in pitch. So it would have been nice for that. It, 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 but again, they probably... It, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a cynic. I think that, that that ODI, either way, was always going to be last um, because they were always going to sell it out and we were always going to have certain players picked in the the squad because of money. <laughs> what do you, what do you feel think. about that? <laughs> Get my um, look. You, <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole. Listen to my um, Area 52 podcast. Yeah, is, is this the shtick that we're going for on this podcast? <laughs> like tinfoil hat conspiracy <laughs> podcast? Yeah. Um, but I think that <laughs> conspiracy theories and... I know it's Area 51 as well. I was like... Mm. Well, no, because there is an Area 52. Yeah, well, there's lots, right? There's yeah. 52 <laughs> of them? But it, I think it raises that interesting question that we're a year out from the World Cup or a year and a half out from the World Cup. Where is this Australian side at? Who should be being selected? I don't have the stat at hand, but so Travis Head was dropped 
after what looked like a pretty lean couple of innings. But he has been the only player to have played all of Australia's 12 ODIs up to the point where he was dropped. So whether it was form, fitness, or rotation... <laughs> so of those... He was a they lost 11 out of those. <laughs> <laughs> so of yeah. those... of the, So really, head is that yeah. the losing... Well, they've still continued to lose yeah, about him. That, but yeah, that didn't help. Maybe was, there's somebody else that's the, that's, the real yeah, case. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> wait and see. Have you heard it? <laughs> well, no, it's Aaron Finch. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the, the interesting point. Like a, a year and a bit out, and we're now uh, three years out from the last World Cup, um, or shy of a, a month, where Australia beat New Zealand by seven wickets in the final... And it's kind of just been downhill ever since then. And the stats that I do have on hand are that we've played, well, Australia has played 53 ODIs since the last World Cup, has won 26 of those. Okay. Now, there's a couple of, uh, a couple of no results in there, so three that were washed out. And one of those victories came against Ireland, so I don't know if you can really count that. I think a couple of those no results were during the Champions Trophy in England during yeah. the around the same time of year that the World Cup's going to be held. So yep. I think there'll be a few no results. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And that was one of those things with that Champions Trophy is that always the... There's always that thing in England where you've got to bank those wins whenever you can get them because yeah. you never know when a <laughs> yeah. no result's going to be around the corner. But you look at the at the win-loss percentage and um, in the lead-up to the last World Cup, 2013, Australia won half the ODIs that they played. 2014, they won three-quarters of those. And in the few that they played in 2015 before the World Cup, they won 80% of them. So they clearly carried they carried building form and, yep. and building peaking. a side that, that peaks at the right time. Yep. So the question is, where does that leave? <laughs> where does that leave us post-World Cup? 2015 post-World Cup, they won 67%. 2016, they won 59%. 2017... <laughs> 33% and we're sitting on uh, on donuts thus far for 2018 <laughs> so the, the build up's not looking too good at the moment is it too far out to worry about is it still time to be experimenting the, particularly with the young guys so Trevor Hones has come out and said they need to totally change the approach which doesn't seem ideal you know, 18 months out. No, and, and very Cup. reactionary. It's like yeah. the team that we're playing right now, I feel like it's this horrible admission of defeat. Yeah. Like, oh shit, those guys have really got it figured out. <laughs> we'll just play like England. Is that really the right way? I mean, England are just playing like, well, what every other team was doing in 2015, yeah. basically. Mm. Like, the, the, this isn't some new revolutionary thing. What, like, what, attack in the power play and then <laughs> score a run a ball during the... Like, that's not new. That's one-day cricket. Yeah. They I, just have <laughs> players that can do it. They're not... Ian Bell and Alistair Cook aren't opening the batting yeah. and, like, <laughs> leaving five <laughs> out of six balls and then getting a cheeky single off the last one, you know? like I, I think you're on the money because there was a great... Uh, I think it was Smith when he was interviewed on the ground at the SCG and he said, oh... Yeah, you know, we were thinking 290, you know, is probably about par score on this wicket. Like, this is ODI cricket in 2018. 290 is, is what you get in the power play. So I see you've been playing the big bash game on your phone <laughs> yeah. as well. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, that, we're sort of, with Warner... You kind of have those periods of time where you have teams that do really well and then you get into a period where there are some guys that have to make the decision between short form and longer form cricket. And obviously mm. Finch is not really one of those guys because he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't really play his he's in his career. <laughs> he's he's in and out of the 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 first class side most of the time anyway, but he's a staple of the one day squad and a staple of the T20 squad. But Warner who's got that test career, he's going to have to come to a point in the next couple of years mm. where he has to make a decision, I think, about whether he's playing one-day cricket and 2020 and test cricket. Mm. That's a really good point. There's the workload is one thing, but also the attitude that he's definitely taken 
a far more conservative approach to his test cricket game and maybe that's rubbing off in the one days yeah. as well hmm. um and it, it, it's going to be weird for it'll be interesting to see what Sean Marsh does especially if he can cement his spot in um, South Africa whether he even puts his hand up for the one day tournament even though his his credentials in short form cricket are, are pretty good yeah I think I yeah I, I think he would be a good addition to the to the one day side mm. but it's whether you're gonna there are gonna be these that mm. transition of players and I I would almost think that there are players around Australia there is a chance that come World Cup time that we don't see both Finch and Warner yep. as as a staple decision hmm. to to bring in. They might become like the George Baileys and the Cameron Whites that mm -hmm. are there thereabouts and they're there because they're seasoned and they can come in and do a job if someone gets injured. But I don't know whether they will actually be there. But... As Reese pointed out, I do have my tinfoil hat on. So, <laughs> but I think it's interesting you picked on uh, or picked out, I should say, Sean Marsh because Mitch Marsh is probably another interesting one there. That he's turned down the IPL to go and play county cricket in an effort to establish himself in that Test side. He showed, well, I mean, we're inherently biased on this podcast, but he showed immense maturity in that Test series. Uh, Are you inherently biased on this podcast, but not on any other ones? Oh, yeah, do, on those other cricket podcasts <laughs> that, that we all do, where yeah, we're very we're far more Gary balanced on those other ones. Uh, I've yeah, got a he, Gary balanced podcast. Yeah. It's just dedicated to the latest Gary balanced news. I didn't know that was you. <laughs> well, uh, I gave you five stars. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, he showed some great maturity to bat very conservatively to hold on for a draw, um, and. I don't know. It's again, it's hard to be critical of players that are making runs, but Marsh has he's made a, a couple of decent scores in the ODI series, but he's got out at the wrong time, and he hasn't come in and and done the classic Mitch Marsh. I'm going to go and hit 35 off 15, uh, and maybe the that longer bedrock role is not what we need from him right now. But the the approach so. From what I can work out of what England's approach is, it's have Joe Root come in at four and everybody else has a slog around him, basically. So, yeah. uh, what is it? Roy and Besto open the batting. They have a, have a bit of a, a slog. Hales mm. at three. Mm. Um, Morgan comes in at five, probably knocks the ball around a little bit, and then after that it's, you know, Butler, Alley, Wokes, and the tail. Yeah. They all just have a slog and bat around yeah. Root. And that's, I think that's what Australia need to do with Smith. I mean, that's the approach they seem to be taking. Mm. So that would be great if Mitch Marsh was coming in scoring, you know, 40 runs off 20 balls or something and mm. Smith was just feeding him the strike and then Stoinis would come in and score quickly. That's what they want to do, but they just, they're just not doing it at and the moment. And really, just we, just, we have a problem in Warner because Warner has not made runs and he's got out trying to be attacking and that's put everybody under pressure and Smith Smith is a good anchor but he's still probably too attacking to be Root Root is very classic mm. Mm. you know there's more technique about him and you have a look at the ways that what, what Smith been out twice LBW in this series mm. trying to play shots across the line so mm. there is a there's a fundamental difference in those two and they probably haven't identified who their their rock is going to be and that changing and Mitch Marsh is having his change of role from being a bowling all-rounder to a batting all-rounder. Mm. Clearly not bowling that much because he's bowling the 49th over in a game that's yeah. clearly lost. Yeah. He wasn't brought on until a couple of overs yeah, that before might, the that, end. That, might, so, be, yeah. that yeah. might be an exaggeration, but there's clearly a change in role for him. Mm. So he has to be more conservative with his mm. with his run making and he's not going to get that much of a bowl. And you've, with, there's a weird balance because we've got too many we've probably got too many bowling all-rounders mm. and guys that bat like Mar you don't probably don't need marsh head and stoyness all in the same side no it's a really f strange comparison between those two sides so you look at to the point where england looked like they were caught short uh when plunkett went off injured at the scg and joe root it was a little bit expensive and and had to bowl far more overs than what they obviously intended him to um Compare that with Australia, who you know, basically everyone bowls except the keeper. It's really unusual. Yeah. yeah, there's kind of too many 
bits and pieces bowlers, not enough sort of uh, just really genuine good bowlers. bowling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, genuine bowlers or really good bowling all-rounders. Like mm. for as bad as Ali was in the tests, he's still a solid bowling option and he yep. bats really well. Rashid bats well and he's a... Has, has, I feel like Ali's lean run has continued into the one-day side. It's just that he's bowled reasonably well yeah. and there's been less criticism of yeah, him. And he hasn't, had the, he hasn't had to do too much work, so... Yeah, yeah, he hasn't... Yeah, his batting hasn't mattered. Yeah. I, I'm not even sure I, how much I, I, he's batted, but I, he, he definitely got out cheaply in the second game. Yeah, and he, he didn't been, do a lot in the third either. Yeah, yeah he's I think been fairly he's economical. Every game so far yeah. for less than five yeah. or, or around about that. So In the first game, he was the most economical bowler for the whole game. So, you know, yeah. I don't know whether they're just not attacking him or... Which is kind of interesting well or... for where England spinners are at a little bit with... Mm. They have both Ali and Adil Rashid who seemingly playing the same role in in the one day squad but no clear option for the test side yeah, yeah. um l- l- there was a, a f- few people wondering why adil rashid wasn't looked at for the tests when they were coming up but clearly don't don't like him in that format yeah don't and, think and they rate him do they Australia has ended some spinners' careers, and <laughs> one in particular <laughs> yeah. we won't name. Um, so yeah, interesting change. It's funny to have a test side that's doing so well. Mm. Well, it's it's done so well in a series. Um, the test side's been in transition as well, though. So mm. it, it's weird to think about where the Australian side is at in. Almost all formats of the game. Yeah. They tend to get it right when it counts, though. Mm. But for a test side to have done so well and then a one-day side, you know, a format of cricket that we've been pretty genuinely, generally very successful in to mm. be so terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Mm. But it, indeed, the opposite as well. For an England side mm. that was so atrocious for most of that test series to then come out and be really good. Mm. It's What's weird. going on? What is going on? Put your tinfoil hat on. <laughs> so it looks like the white, the one-day whitewash is potentially on. As I, I, I can see a few changes happening for, if not this fourth ODI, definitely for the fifth. And I think we picked it early, suggesting that Perth might have Australia A playing, <laughs> playing England. Do you but, think uh, young Lloyd Pope's going to get a call? <laughs> oh, boy. After the new his Pope. 8 for 35. The white smoke has risen from the chimney. <laughs> there is a new Pope. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to... What's been going on in the Big Bash, guys? I haven't really... We've, we had the cellar dwellers battling it out again tonight, which I think they were playing each other when we recorded last time. And the stars confirmed bottom of the table. No hope. We got it all wrapped up, got beaten, scored a mountain of runs, and then just let it all Still go. Still got beaten, yeah. They're really good at finding ways to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's getting out for an abominably low total or just not being at a bowl, they're, they're pretty good at losing. <laughs> For a team with so many, yeah, they are the Melbourne Stars. It is a star-studded team. They've got the the test squad spinner. They've got the bloke who should be playing one-day internationals. They've got KP. It's a big lineup, and they're just atrocious. They got Handcom. Handcom. <laughs> Handcom. <laughs> um, yeah. So that 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 end of the table is pretty much wrapped up. We've got. We had a, a great win for the Scorchers over the Hurricanes. That. Ensured a home semi. Mm, that was a great game too. Yeah. A really good game of, of T20 cricket. One of those games that, yeah, the format can get a little bit boring sometimes uh, when, yeah, there's one team that's just dominating. You kind of just know all along that it's getting, the total's getting too high. Um, but the Scorchers kind of, they were just teetering on that edge where you think, that run rate's getting too much. And then you sort of looked at the, at the score worm and went, oh, actually, they're not, it's not that bad. And the whole way along, it just, they kept it on a knife edge. And, you know, I guess Ashton Turner 
did yeah. it again. I think the Scorchers, they've been, they've done that quite a lot this season. Mm. You've looked at the score they're chasing and just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be able to chase this one. And no. then they find a way to do it. So where where do the Hurricanes stand? Are they still a chance to they're, make finals? They're, yeah, they're still a shot. I'd say they're favourites to finish third because I think their last game's against the Stars. Yeah. Um, I think the Renegades have a game in hand on them so they could finish on the same points. Mm. And I think the Renegades have a better net run rate. But I think... So does this, does this effectively mean the Heat are done and dusted? They did their best to make sure that they were mathematically not possible <laughs> to make... There, there's a few a teams that could finish on 10 points, basically. I think the Hurricanes are on 10 at the moment. Um and then there's the Thunder, the Renegades, and the Heat are all on eight. So was it the Heat versus the Thunder where they were seven for 70 and the other? Uh, yeah, they got cooked by someone. I think it might have been the Thunder. Yeah, yeah, that was atrocious. Yeah, it was one of those Big Bash games. You're like, oh, goody, it's Big Bash season. I can go home and watch cricket every night. <laughs> and by the time you get home from work, it's finished. It's all over. How yeah. did that happen? Yeah, so there's been a, a few interesting early finishes to some games and you have a few more on-field interviews with possibly <laughs> there are not many uh commentary panels that are worse than the channel nine one but <laughs> it's, are there many other commentary <laughs> panels well <laughs> although the only i will say that channel 10 channel 10 have always had a better gender balance on their commentary panel but I feel like almost as a deliberate fuck you to Channel 9, they've, they've upped their game significantly. Um, and I think like Mel Jones is a very good commentator. Uh, and I really like Roz Kelly on the boundary. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily see her as being a ball-by-ball ball commentator. But some of her interviews are pretty good. But when you try, and, you try to get Howie in front of people, it's... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Howie, but... Well, the, the good thing is, uh, with the female commentators... Lisa Stalaker and Mel... They've all played cricket, so yeah. they talk. They're less likely to get in... I mean, the, the problem with Channel 9 commentary is they're too ladsy. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of the problem with the Channel 10 commentary is that they kind of don't really care. And then... then <laughs> just, they I'm kind of, of don't really care. All I'm thinking of right now <laughs> is that the Scorchers-Hurricanes game on Saturday night when Brendan McCullum had tweeted at the Channel 10 crew something about, you know, a bunch of likely lads going out and getting on the slops. And Ponting was trying his best to give some tactical insight to the fielding and where you need to bowl to the field. And Gilly's like, oi, can you see this tweet from Baz? Oh, it's great. And he kept doing it. And two balls later, Ponting, or it might have been two overs later, Ponting actually explicitly said, Oh, no, I didn't because I was trying to give some <laughs> insight into the game. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually like... I like uh, Punter on there. I think he does give some good tactical insight. He's I very good. I'd like Baz McCollum as well when he's not tweeting about <laughs> getting on the piss. He, um, you know, he's pretty, pretty insightful about the game. I think you get more tactical insight from Channel 10 commentators weirdly than you do for <laughs> yeah. Channel 9. Well, they kind of <laughs> condense it. Like... <laughs> It's like the shrinking of content over each format of the game. So there's the same amount of tactical content that gets talked about <laughs> in a yeah, one-day game that it, gets yeah. diluted yeah. with nonsense and yeah. then the same content again that gets diluted over five days. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably fair to say. <laughs> I was just trying to do my best. I was just <laughs> trying to, to do my best KP. How can Australia win in his <laughs> South African English accent? Oh, he just, just loves it when England win. You're not English. How can KP? Australia win? They don't want you, KP. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've got the bottom sort of, the middle's still a little bit up in the air, and we've got the, is it Scorchers, Strikers on. So that, that top two is sorted in terms of they're both they've both got home semis but they're playing off to basically host the grand final I suppose yeah. mm. to play either renegades or Heat whoever I probably doesn't really or, matter by that yeah. point yeah. yeah so is it hurricanes most likely to finish third in yeah, that, yeah, that race I, I think so um, 
but they're going to lose Darcy shot. So you might yeah, want to so finish. You might want to finish in second position. I'd, yeah, if I was the Hurricanes, I'd probably just give it up now and just get on the slops a week early. <laughs> the slops. It's just such a horror. Yeah, that's gross. The slops. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> is that what they call them in New yeah. Zealand? The slops. Is it Dickensian? It's a bit like, please, sir, can I have some more slops? <laughs> <laughs> Give us another tui, bro. Yeah, you know the slops. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've, we've, we've spoken about Darcy Shaw getting pinched for the T20 squad. In Since the last podcast, we've also had the test squad announced for the tour of South Africa mm. and a few surprises with Hanscom still being included, even though Handcom Handcom and Handcom and P Sean Diddy Coom. Um, His brother loved me. I think. <laughs> I think you'll find Chad Sayers being left out and Jai Richardson being included. Um, uh, and John Holland also being included as well. This is um, so. Hanscom, well, I think, is probably the easy one to go. He's, he's he's included because he's been around the setup, but he's in bad form. But he's not expected to play. Um, Jai Richardson again is probably he's been around the one day squad and is just there to to soak up the atmosphere. And the other two are probably. I think uh, John Holland. Probably won't play, but he is the next best spinner, like on his shield record anyway. What about the old drinking buddy, Stephen (laughs) O'Keefe? What's happened to Stephen O'Keefe? I was down the pub with him earlier. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what makes the John Holland one a little bit... um, He was seemingly out of favour so much, um, but they picked O'Keefe and O'Keefe did really well in... India, mm. um, so it doesn't. Went drinking with Reese and is the rest that, of his is history. That, was that after? I feel like that was before. I think it was it? before. Yeah. yeah. So it, post his troubles, he's been. Oh, back that's in the right. Side. Yeah, because yeah. he was banned from playing for yeah. New South Wales, but he could still play for Australia. Yeah, it's yeah. a cunning. It's a cunning ruse. We'll mm. ban you when there's no shield games <laughs> on. Yeah, it's yeah, good. So it, it's an interesting one that he's he was a he's been in the side. He's performed well overseas. Oh, albeit on decks that turn a million miles, but interesting that they haven't gone with him again. Holland is seemingly has been hard done by for the well, last... He's been the leading wicket-taker the past two Shield seasons, or the le- at least leading the leading spinner. spinner. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it's just... It's weird. They just... They just make weird decisions about spinners, don't they? Like, why isn't Agar in the squad? Mm. I know that they've said that they don't anticipate playing two spinners so they mm. haven't picked Agar because he's more of a batsman before being a spinner but maybe jo- maybe they they picked Holland because um, they know how much O'Keefe wants to get on the clips <laughs> so <laughs> really wants to get stuck into some castle lagers it's like no mate not happening um, and the other one being Chad Sayers who was who was, I think, actually the shield leading wicket taker two years running. Yeah. yeah. And he's basically as good as Glenn and Philander, I've had. Yeah. 100% of people called Chad Sayers <laughs> believe that he is as good as Vernon Philander. Yeah, so we're going to tweet out a few Venn diagrams later <laughs> later today. I think people, that- people that are Vernon Philander, 100% <laughs> Chad Sayers. And. Travis well, I, had. I think uh, I think Chad Sayers suffers from the fact that they Australia play two express quicks and one guy that's a bit more of a line and length swing bowler, even though he's super quick in Hazelwood, and then they've got one backup in Bird, so they don't really need two swing bowling backups. And yeah. So Richardson gets in because he's can bowl 150 Ks, and if mm. Stark or Cummins break down, he's the he'll he'll come in. Yeah, for for one of those two. And I haven't seen Sayers bowl too much, but is he, is he a like for like of Hazelwood? He's not nah. as quick. Nah, not no, not as quick. And, he and he is. More. He's. You'd compare it to Ver- Vernon Philander. He's yeah. that mm. sort of pace, and he swings yeah. at a, a mile. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a very skilled bowler, but he's not. 
Yeah, he's not the same. And you're probably player. going to South Africa when you've got Stark who can swing it and Cummins who can swing it and Hazelwood who can swing it. If all the swing dies, the last thing you want is another swing bowler. Yeah, yeah. and a pure probably, swing bowler. Yeah, yeah, you probably just want some guy who's going to hit it and skid it. Hmm. You yeah. got to hit it. <laughs> gang, gang, gang. Okay. Hit it you and skid it. You want a, a short bloke who I think is about the same height as me. <laughs> so when they're like, oh, he's so short, I'm like, oh. He's not that short. But he, he bowls express, right? I mean, this he is... He bowls 150Ks and get up to. Like, I yeah. can't bowl that quick. <laughs> yeah, you're selling yourself <laughs> short, mate. Like I've, seen, I've seen you bowl. Uh, I think you bowled me once with one that was definitely 150. Definitely. Probably more like 15Ks. I feel like... Uh, we are, we're up on Twitter. We up on Instagram yet? Because I want to get, no, I want to get do down it. to the nets and have Mikey bowl some <laughs> some express hundred and fifty kilometer hour balls for some oh, content. It's gonna be for so those. quick. It's gonna look really <laughs> slow. <laughs> um, so yeah, some surprises there, but probably not that much of a surprise really. They're not. They're gonna mix it up too much, and they're not gonna have guys coming in and out all the time. So. That yeah, I'm I'm happy they stuck with the basically with that squad. Happy they, mm. happy, happy they stuck with Bancroft. Yep, I think yep. there were some question marks over him, but I think he So I think that was crack. that was the one that was probably most likely to change, but we weren't gonna have Renshaw Renshaw back in and There was they were talking about Joe Burns maybe. Um he might have got the nod ahead of Hanscom because he's a pretty versatile mm. he could have batted middle order or Opened, so think, he might have gone as a backup. Yeah, I think again. But he's, so, he, he, there's an injury concern with Burns. Yeah, yeah. that's that's why why he's but, ruled out. So oh, is he is he is he ruled out for that long? Is it a, is it that long term of an injury? I think so yeah. it's a groin. So. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's just another function of the fact there's no red ball cricket being played as well. So mm. for someone like Renshaw, how do you get that opportunity to start bashing down the door to to get a place in that side? You know, maybe when the Shield season kicks off. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, again, hopefully he can score some runs. And, to be honest, and, for Renshaw, the best thing for him was to have no cricket that he was going to play for a long time because he was in yeah. woeful <laughs> form. So, I mean, the only way he... W- he wasn't going to get back in the form that he was in in the Shield, mm. and if that continued, he was just going to be out forever. So the best thing for him was to have a break yep. yeah. and then hopefully come back and then there's a, for some unknown reason there's an opportunity comes up for him in South Africa or, or later and I mean it's a long we were talking earlier about the gruelling efforts of cricketers touring the world and we spoke about England being away from home the most out of any international mm-hmm. cricket side in the world there will be another opportunity for Renshaw so yep. <laughs> Shield getting played concurrently when you're in bad form is probably not the best thing for him so yeah and there's an interesting proposition that if he was to strike some form and you know you get three tests oh it's only three test series actually you get a couple of tests in and Bancroft's injured or Warner's injured if he's batting well in the shield then maybe you fly him over and see what happens yeah it's almost a a better position than what Hanscom's in because although he's over there he's not he's not playing competitive cricket necessarily so you might Yeah. yeah Renshaw could be making runs and and he's in not he's not in form at all. He needs to play cricket. Mm, he, I absolutely. think he's hit one knock in the the big bash, maybe a couple, but he's it's been very lean for him. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they didn't maybe they weren't tempted to go with um, Maddinson, but I guess mm. Hanscom gives them the the keeping backup as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> now, but this is like the England one day international side. It's just <laughs> yeah. they're all keepers. <laughs> With um yeah, I guess Bancroft as well. When you when you've got guys that are Bancroft's in for he's he's, he's in enough form to keep him around, but he needs to make a hundred soon, otherwise there'll be question marks then. Yeah. I think they like Bancroft. I think they, they talk a lot about his attitude and what he's like around the dressing room and stuff. So they're willing yeah, to give him a chance. You'll never pour a beer on that lad. You'll <laughs> buy him a bloody beer. You might headbutt him, but only <laughs> yeah. just as a greeting. Yeah. Um so I think that's it. Are you good? Mm-hmm. You got it all off your chest? You got the, the anger out? <laughs> oh, I haven't mentioned Glenn Maxwell. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Well, he's in the 2020 team. Yeah. 2020 team. Interesting so. to have Buff on the, the commentary for yeah. the Sydney Sixers Stars game this afternoon. Having Still to- spoke very highly of Maxwell, <laughs> but kind of in the way that you were like, come on, Buff. 
tell us what you really think, yeah. right? <laughs> well, he did bat pretty well, so you couldn't really criticise yeah. him. Yeah. I bet Buff was just hoping that he'd reverse swept one down short third man's throat. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. We've kind of gone a little bit full circle again, but are you getting sick of... Glenn Maxwell getting asked at every interview after every game if he if if he's got something to prove. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I was defending Ross like Kelly didn't... earlier, but yeah, eventually <laughs> she got in there real early and persisted. But after that, it's yep, we've heard enough. I lo- his Ros Kelly was great in that first BBL game after the announcement, and she pushed him really, really hard and. But he just said, look, I'm here to make runs for my team. Simple as that. Yeah, and nothing has changed. No. So his motivations haven't really changed. He's always going to try and make runs. It's just now that he's not in the one-day side. Right? Simple. Simples. <laughs> um, all right, I think that's enough. I think uh, you've... Before we oh. finish, I want to give a shout-out to Ben Dwarshus, who somehow <laughs> has been caught up to the T20 team. Yeah. And I can only assume it's because we mentioned his name on this podcast <laughs> last week. Yeah. You're welcome, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, God. That's <laughs> uh, just the pain. <laughs> um, let's look... F- Sean Abbott, I'm looking at you. You're gonna, you're in next, mate. Grow a mo, Sean, and you'll get get the call up. <laughs> Grow a mo, and then shave the mo. Right? That's the, is that not the the process for getting? Dwarshes is like one of the few that looks better with a mo. Like, <laughs> most of them look rubbish, but I look at Ben Dwarshes without a mo. Like that face needs something. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to the Ben Dorsha's Hour. <laughs> I've been uh, Brendan Cummins. I hope you've had a wonderful time. Please give us a like on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Tweet some weird stats for Reese to look at during the week because he needs something to do. Um, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, see you later. See you guys. Good Dwarshus to you. Thank you.